And you're very welcome along the gardening programme for this uh, weekend. Porik, good morning good to morning, you. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. How are you today? I'm good. Great. Yeah, good. Beautiful weather out there today. Lovely really... morning. Actually, when I, I know you may not have been tuned in at 7am and you're forgiven for that. But um, when I was driving in, and I did say this earlier, it was I, a real sense of autumn, but in the best possible way. Yeah. It is quite warm. There was this gorgeous mist uh, across the landscape when I was coming uh, over between uh, County Roscommon and County Mayo this morning. And it just... And then the big full moon that we had that was still hanging in the sky and it was just glorious. Fantastic, yeah, yeah, even it was before daylight, but it was just such a lovely morning. So, and the temperatures are to be yeah. 16, 17 degrees. The which day is, is kind of continuing. So yeah. it'll be uh, lots of opportunity for people today to get, and I have a few tasks in my own head. That Absolutely. Things that we might have had on the long finger for the last couple of days. And I would use, and you know, to be honest, the week itself has been relatively dry. So soil conditions have dried out quite well. Um, so yeah, use today really to kind of get on top of those autumnal jobs. I mean, it's still time and we should still be cutting the lawns. Well, that's what I'm going to do today. Right, well, yeah. So we'll use, use the good weather because tomorrow is to be wet. We're back yeah. to the wet weather tomorrow morning. So, um, yeah, get the lawns trimmed. Do control the moss as well. I know we've mentioned that for the last couple of weeks, yeah. but it is important to treat it now rather than leaving it to the springtime. So it'll be perfect conditions for putting on something like the zero. And then you, and you can use that immediately after cutting the lawn so you know um, and it works very rapidly and um, the other thing I'd advocate is is to feed feed the lawns in general with an autumn feed because the rain that will come tomorrow morning will wash that in and you, the lawn then is in good condition we mentioned last week as well it's still time for reseeding or for seeding new lawns mm. so lots of um uh, weeds germinating at the moment. I've noticed you know, yeah. in the last, last couple of, of days. So the temperatures and the weather we're getting at the moment is certainly very suitable for getting that lawn back into good condition or reseeding your lawns. It's also really good planting weather. So the soil conditions are, are quite favourable if people want to put in, say, new hedges, new trees, new shrubs, new roses, and the planting of new plants. Soil conditions are really ideal at the moment. And again, there's there's relative heat still in the soil in September so plants tend to establish themselves really well if you plant them um, uh, you know over the autumn period mm. particularly at the moment the weather conditions are ideal vegetable plants for listeners that are have maybe potatoes in the garden I would again advise to start taking those out now so today would be an ideal day for taking out main crop potatoes or harvesting vegetables in general from the soil store them in, let them dry a little bit and uh, then store them in, in brown paper bags or in crates indoors in a, in a cool location. But it's also good weather, dear, for planting vegetables. And there's a range of autumn vegetables available at the moment. I think we mentioned last week the garlic is yes. available for planting. Onion sets like radar, which is a winter variety, will grow through the winter period if planted at the moment. You've got um, excellent, an excellent cabbage at the moment actually to plant is one called pixie. And as the name suggests, it's quite small, a small, it? compact variety. It's a heart-shaped sh- uh, cabbage. So the plants are available now. You plant them. They grow during the autumn and early winter. And they're ready to harvest then in March and April of next year, p- producing these lovely, solid, uh, cone-shaped heads. Quite small, very little waste. And so, y- so you're sowing them from seed, is it? No, you sow them for plants. plants. The plants are available in garden centres right. at the moment. So the plants are maybe a month old. They're quite strong. Yeah. Um, you plant them out because the soil conditions are ideal they'll actually start to grow straight away. So you could actually pick some of them as greens before Christmas, just the leaves, if you wished, or you could allow them to produce their heads by March or April of next year. So that they're um, 
Pixie. Pixie. So quite a good variety. Very winter hardy. It's a one I'd plant at the moment. Purple br- sprouting broccoli oh, yes, you can still plant. It's one of your favourites. Yep. So again, you can plant that. It grows during the winter months and again, ready for picking in the spring of next year. Two lettuce varieties. One called Little Gem, which again, as the name suggests, yep. it's a small compact variety. And I like <coughs> those, the Pixie and the Little Gem, because there's very little waste. When you're using them in, in the house, you tend to use the whole uh, yeah, and Little Gem is one of those ones I know, um, if well, for want of a better phrase, for fancy cooks uh, that they, you know, you get this grilled lettuce now or wilted lettuce and they, yeah. that, that's one of the ones that they use for and that. And it's got that yeah. texture that, that, you know, you can yeah. grill it or you can... Yeah, because I know in the winter months, you know, you don't always love lettuce quite no, as much as you do not, in the summer, but there yeah. are other things you can do with it. And it doesn't have, yeah, exactly, that Little Gem doesn't have that really soft leaves, um, so it's quite a good variety. Butterhead is another variety as well that can be planted this time of year. Um, spinach, is also a winter hardy vegetable. The plants, again, are available at the moment. You get those in now and they will grow during the winter period. So there's quite a number of vegetable bulbs and plants that can be planted. And indeed, there are some seeds still that uh, you can sow, vegetables you can sow still from seed, like Swiss chard, beetroot, Eskimo, carrot, and so on. They can be sown from seed as well. So you could do a little bit of both if you wish to put in some of the plants and also some seed. seed Yeah, and I'm just looking at temperatures for the next kind of seven or eight days and like it's not really going to move out of the mid-teens by the looks of things. So it's going to maintain that, you know, that bit of heat people might need for things to kick off. And the soil anyway has has a residual build-up of heat. We haven't had really any frost or any really heavy cold rain to kind of... um, cool the soil so growth is really strong and really not just the planting of vegetables like I mentioned hedging plants roses trees bulbs putting in bulbs now the spring flowering bulbs the soil conditions and the heat is there certainly if people are in the mood for planting Um, talking about trees this is a good time and you'll often see many of the trees starting to colour now a lot of them beginning to produce their berries but it's also a good time of year for planting trees and there are lovely varieties like the liquid amber which is beginning to colour now lovely in gardens it's um, showing a nice bit of orange and red in in the foliage another lovely tree called Acer Autumn Blaze which is a maple and it produces a lovely scarlet red Mm. leafy colour so if you want something with that autumnal winter colour autumn blaze is a really nice plant the cotoneasters are beginning to bury very well at the moment and that's a weeping cotoneaster it's an evergreen tree planted now gives lovely foliage colour but also these lovely red berries through the winter Um, so in terms of planting trees this is a good time of year to do that as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I just was out walking the other evening and I did notice that just at the top of uh, one or two trees they the colour was just starting to, colour, to yeah. yeah, yeah. We so need a bit of frost and a little bit of colder weather to, to bring them into to, full to colour. To break down, yeah, yeah, the chlorophyll. But we'll hang on for the, I'm happy to leave the green ones there for another week oh, or two as I'm sure most people are. And it has been, you know, the, the yeah. last couple of weeks we've it's, plants have actually been growing. growing There's been, yes. hedges are growing and trees are growing and plants are actually put on new growth because it's, it's we've had kind of a semi-Indian Summer semi. for the semi, yeah, yeah. semi, <laughs> exactly. So, but the temperatures have been really good and uh, growth has been quite strong. But cer- certainly, extra weather. Now, speaking of planting, yes, you're going to kill tomorrow. After I am after this show. Sure. Remember back in probably April, we did a piece, or I did we a piece. Did, yeah, I featured a piece on the program. Yeah, and it, I met the guys in uh, in Kilchamaw, the Mick Dundee and his team, who are um, a group that have come together to create a metal in, in Kilchimaw to take a piece of ground that was, I suppose, a waste piece of ground yeah. right in the centre of the town and turn it into a, a garden. And they've actually achieved that. Um, so I was with them actually last week and we're, they've put in beautiful new walls, loved, lovely paving areas, seating areas, um, create a really nice, now it's quite small, 
but it's it's very well done and to a very very high standard and they got all the community uh, people together to actually create the garden brilliant today we're going to plant it so I've got a bootload of plants ready, ready to, to go, go to Kilchamaw. Okay. So I'm popping down there afterwards, uh, so around half ten, I hope to be there. I'm going to lay out the plants and there's a metal of people, uh, both male and female, there to give us a hand plant Well, the good plants morning, and everybody. And uh, we'll be dying. You might take a photograph I will. or two we'll, we'll afterwards put, and we'll put it up, put yeah, up so on we can Facebook. have a look the, at it. The guys have been uh, photographing the project for the last six months because obviously it, it has moved along since April yeah. in, in various stages. And was it a complete piece of waste ground initially? It was. It yeah. was used well for done, nothing. Well done, everybody. Yeah, we used for nothing, job. really. And it's right there in the centre of Kilchima. It's going to be a beautiful um, community facility because people will be able to sit and dwell. And, and, uh, okay, so it's not that small of a space then? No, it's not that small, but it's still, it's, it's um, you know, it's... it's it's, it's not a gar. It's, it's not, not a huge garden. It's garden-ness. not a park level it's or anything like that. It's not a park level, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but so a, a community space in the middle of the town. And it, it just shows what can be done with great support. I have to say from um, Anne Sweeney in Mayo County Council. She has been very um, supportive of the whole project and real, really allowed the team in in Kilchmaw to to get on with the project and and support them in terms of soil and other items that were, were necessary and the council have been very supportive so it was great to see the, the community taking the initiative and, and driving the project on themselves and they got tremendous support um, so I'm delighted to be involved in it we're obviously giving the plants mm. for the um, for the project but lots of other people like Roadstone John Murray in Castlebar who does garden furniture he's been very supportive of the project many different people have come on board to give their support either through labour or through produce to get the the project to, uh, to, together, to completion. Yeah. Well, so it's well, going to be completed today. Brilliant. And um, well, we're do- I'm dying to see. Yeah. We'll, have, we'll have to take a spin over uh, maybe one of the Saturdays after. Well, I'm going to do some recording. Okay. I'm going to bring the, brought the mic Great. with me. So I'll Great. do... Uh, so we'll my, in my amateur <laughs> <laughs> recording level, well, I'll take a couple of pieces and, and the guys will explain better than I can yeah. exactly the people that were involved and the process that they went through in, in making it a success. But it's oh, certainly to a we'll very high standard. We'll look forward to hearing a bit of that maybe next week on the yeah, programme Yeah, absolutely. Then. Great stuff. Great stuff. OK, well, well done to everybody there. And as I said, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated over the next week or two on how that all progresses. Now, Burke, we have some questions in. Um, it, come in it came in as Mrs. Topple, but it's actually Mrs. Popple a fuchsia head. Pork, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, when, when can I cut it back and how much can I cut off it? Well, fuchsias are, are still in flower. They're brilliant at the moment and they'll continue to flower certainly for another month or six weeks. It's at that stage you can prune them back. So wait until the fuchsia hedge starts to drop its foliage. Wait till the flowers are all gone and then you can trim it back. And fuchsias respond really well from pruning back. You can also in October take some cuttings of that plant as well. Um, so slip, you know, as you're as you're trimming the hedge back, take the little pieces and root them from cuttings as well. Okay, perfect. But a very good variety, lovely hedge. I've a rhododendron planted last September, has put on poor growth this year with no flowers, and the leaves have some brown spots. It was planted in lots of ericaceous compost with some manure at the base. I also gave it a number of the appropriate liquid feeds, but no joy. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, lots well, of, I, I lots have of one now, and I didn't give it a lot of tender loving care, Bad. and uh, it's doing fine. So I don't know, but that maybe it's just unfortunate. Yeah, well, look at I mean, the listener has done everything proper. The the uh, use of organic matter, rotten manure, cow manure in particular, is great for rhododendrons because it's very acidic, and um, so it's an ideal fertilizer to use when planting rhododendrons. I would just leave the plant alone. The listener has done everything 
possible to encourage it on. It may be a little bit exposed where it is. The wind might be just knocking it back a small bit. Leave it now for the winter. It doesn't need any other uh, feeding or care. Wait till springtime and then in April, give it another dressing of fertiliser and it'll, as the growth starts in the spring, it'll any of those kind of March leaves will will be replaced by new growth. So it'll be perfectly fine. Okay, perfect. Um, and are rhododendrons usually in flower now? Somebody no. else is wondering. But, but having said that, and we often get this question, you often get spring flowering plants coming into flower in the autumn, an odd flowering flower peeping through because the weather at this time of year is very similar to April weather, similar day length, similar temperatures. So you could be fooled into thinking that the plants sometimes are that it's actually springtime. So you often get a few of the spring flowering plants, Mm. azaleas, rhododendrons, forsythiae, showing a little bit of colour at this time of year, uh, particularly when we get this type of autumn where it's very April-like weather. So the plant just thinks, or an odd flower bud, thinks you won't get the whole uh, rhododendron come into bloom but you often get a nod flower that will actually flower over the autumn period so that's totally natural natural okay lovely um, now I think we might have uh, touched on this on the programme last week but we just might uh, address it again I've scented roses planted for three years and hardly any flowered this year should I discard them and plant new yeah, ones yeah I think I mentioned this last yeah. year and if they're not flowering take them out yeah. and replace them but do remember that if you're planting roses back into the same piece of soil you need to put in um, a, a treatment called Ruth Grow, which is a it counteracts uh, rose sickness, um, which which can affect roses if they're put back into ground that grew roses before. So my advice is take them out, take some of the soil with them, use that soil somewhere else in the garden, the vegetable garden or whatever, replace it with some fresh soil, but mix some of that root growth through the soil before you plant your new roses. Okay. Um, I, uh, roses, quite a few roses questions, actually. Roses still in flower, thanks yeah. to your tip on deadheading the Great. old flowers. <clears throat> Should I feed them again and how to keep them blooming? So delighted with them. Well, like I said last week, the roses can often flower up till... Uh, December up to Christmas and into January some years, uh, particularly when we get nice autumnal weather like we're having at the moment. So really the trick is just to keep them going, keep deadheading the flowers, remove any leaves that might be going yellow, um, give them the, uh, still you can put on a proprietary rose clear or one of the uh, rose rescue treatments just to keep the bugs and the disease off them. And you could give them a liquid feed still. So something like... um, Something like Algroflash or, or Miracle Grow or one of the liquid feeds would be perfectly fine just to keep them boosting or a bit of tomato feed if you have it. Right. Uh, every once a month at this time of year will keep the blooms uh, going. So yeah, just look after them and they continue to flower right through until Christmas for you. Okay, now here's one from Regina also to do with roses. A rose that normally flowers well into December but this year it flowered in abundance in June and then after a week literally overnight all the flowers fell off and then within two or three weeks all the leaves fell off. Help as it has a lot of sentimental value. By the way it was well watered and fed with Miracle Grow Rose Feed. Okay, well that's unusual for the flowers Mm. to go rapidly overnight and the foliage to go. There's some root disorder there. The plant has either um, you know, that it may have kind of moved in the ground and roots been damaged. Mm. Um, but certainly when it gets a, a shock like that, it will drop its flower and drop its foliage. I would trim the plant back to within 12 inches of soil level. So give it a really hard trimming back now at this time of year and see what happens. It should produce some new growth between now and winter. Um, and that'll be good to see. The plant will have settled back in, rerooted and re-established itself. And um, the other thing you can do as we're coming into October is take some cuttings from roses. They root well, pencil 
pencil length, pencil thickness, take a bit of rooting, dip them in a bit of rooting powder and start the plant off again. So you could try that as well. So at this time of year, I would shorten it back to within a, a foot of soil level. It doesn't need any additional fertiliser. Just leave it alone. Let nature take its course. Let it come back into to new growth. And as I say, maybe take a couple of cuttings as well in October. Now, I my, all my tomatoes have ripened and I've removed the plants yesterday. Great. Want to replant something into the tunnel for the winter, but don't as I don't want to leave it empty. So what would you suggest? Okay. Okay, so use the tunnel over the autumn, winter period. So what I would do is, okay, take out the tomato plants, clean up the the, um, tunnel now, so rake out any dead leaves, tidy the whole thing up, possibly even put in one of the little smoke bombs overnight just to clean out any pests or bugs that are there. So you simply light that, sit it in the middle of the tunnel, let it to excrete its smoke and close up the tunnel overnight and open it up in the morning. Now, what can you plant? Well, many of the vegetables I I mentioned at the top of the programme, those pixie cabbage will be perfect. Garlic can be planted, Japanese onion sets. You can still sow seeds of many plants in the tunnel for next year. Both flowering seeds like sweet pea, violas, pansies, English marigolds can be sown from seed using the heat of the tunnel to get them to germinate. Or indeed lots of vegetable plants and herbs could be sown from seed or planted as plants in the tunnel. So there's lots that can be can be used. So all of the vegetables I mentioned at the top Program. Those mm. plants could be put in now with some flower or veg seed. Some of the Japanese onion sets, the garlic. I plant all of those and um, use the tunnel then to both propagate <laughs> plants, but also uh, grow some vegetable plants as well. Indeed, you could use take some of your favourite plants from cuttings and again put them into the greenhouse and let them grow on in there. So you're using that protective environment over the autumn and winter to grow on some vegetables, herbs, some flower seed, some cuttings. That type of that thing. That type of thing. Yeah. Now, somebody speaking of cuttings uh, would like uh, to take a cutting from the hawthorn, so they're wondering how do they go about that? Which, which, from the hawthorn? With great difficulty. Oh, right. Really? Hawthorn doesn't propagate Does from cuttings. Oh. The way to propagate hawthorn is from seed, and it's producing its seed at the moment. It generally ripens around the first week of October, and that's the, t- the time to take the fruit off the, the little red berries from the hawthorn. You crush them. And then, so you're exposing the seed inside and then you sow them out of doors. So Hawthorne needs frosty weather, cold, frosty weather to get the seeds to germinate. So you never sow them inside and they're always sown out of doors. So what I would do is create a little ridge in the garden, uh, in the vegetable garden or in, uh, in a flower bed, take the, the uh, fruit off the white thorn, expose it, so crush it and then sow it into the soil. Leave it there. It can take up to two years for the seed to germinate. And you tend to get some seed maybe. So if you sow, say, 200 seed, mm. you might get 20 of those to germinate in year one, and then the rest to germinate in year two, or 80% of the seed to germinate okay. in year two. So it tends to take time for whitethorn or hawthorn to germinate from seed. And it needs a cooling, chilling period. Um, so gather the berries in October, crush them, sow them, Um, See what happens then the following spring. If some germinate, you can lift them and transplant them to where you want to create the the new hedge and the new plants. But the rest should be left to to germinate the following uh, winter stroke spring. Um, So it can take up to two years. It's a slow process with whitethorn, but they don't propagate from cuttings. Okay, lovely. Um, Received a slip of a hevum tree. Yeah. Need some advice as to where to plant and to care. So... Okay. Yeah, it comes to us from China, oh, believe cool. it or not. Right. Okay. Uh, it's the tree of heaven. Elanthus is the botanical name of it. Um, they call it the tree of heaven because it grows so fast. It's a very, very rapidly growing tree. Um, it can produce 
two feet, three feet of growth per year, very, very rapid. It's a bit like a poplar um, and can make a very substantial tree. Does it grow very high? It'll grow anything up to 60 feet, 70 feet in height. Um, you know, over a 25-year period, it'll certainly attain 50 to 60 feet. So it's a very rapid growing tree, very big tree. So be very careful where you plant it. The other characteristic with it is that it suckers. It produces lots of uh, underground stems, so it can tend to spread in the garden as well. And the other interesting fact with it, uh, as it matures, it produces a lot of seed. And the seed... Um, can germinate very rapidly. So it can actually become a bit of a weed right. in the garden. So I would just be careful where you plant it. Um, it's not, you know, it, it needs a lot of space. It can spread quite a lot. And indeed, the seed can become a nuisance in your garden as in they'll start to pop up everywhere. Um, so I'd just be careful where, where, where you, you plant choose it. To, yeah, right. it's, um, it's kind of bordering nearly on an invasive species at this stage, even though it hasn't been classed to that just yet. Uh, it's one of those plants that, uh, to be honest, I would avoid planting it. I suppose okay. is really what I'm saying. Yeah, so, so this person has received a slip of it, so uh, yeah. maybe... Uh, My advice really is, you know, unless there's a very strong reason to plant it, I would avoid planting it because it, I think it'll become a nuisance in your garden. Okay, in, you'll be sorry you did it. And in your neighbour's garden and in the neighbourhood. <laughs> you oh, know, it, it spreads right. that okay. sort of way. Okay. The seeds are... Are, are very are prolific. Prolific. Yeah, okay. with a tree. Okay, interesting. Maybe put something different. Tree of he- the tree of heaven. Tree of heaven, Elanthus, okay. yeah. Lovely. Um, now, I put in a Portuguese laurel in November. Really happy with the colour and the way it's growing. Right. I haven't clipped it yet. So when and how and do I feed it? Well, you could give it a light trimming back. It's only a year old last November. So, yeah, it's about a year old now. So it'll only have put on a small amount of growth. So really just trim to shape. Um, so kind of even off the overall hedge to the one height. Trim the sides of the heads, hedge lightly as well. Portuguese laurel is an evergreen hedge. It's relatively slow growing, so it's easy to maintain. It doesn't need a lot of heavy pruning. But a light bit of pruning now just to shape it really more than anything mm. else. Don't feed it until next spring. Um, it'll be going into its dormant season now. So really it's a matter of just tidying it up, shaping it, and then feed it next April. And again, repeat the feed in maybe the first week of June, and that'll just keep the colour uh, really rich in it. It's a lovely hedge, Portuguese. It is, yeah, yeah it nice is, yeah. I, I do, I do like them, and they're, they're kind of pointy leaves. Yeah, very dark, very yeah. nice dark. The rich young looking. growth is apple green, and then the the older growth it's is kind dark, of the colour of holly, yeah. really deep, 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 deep green. green. Yeah. Um, when planting silver birch pork, do you suggest I plant in groups or in a single row? And what types gives the best colour? Well, if you want really good bark colour, the best one is a variety called um, the Himalayan birch, Betula Jacquemontii, Jacquemontii. So look for the Himalayan birch. The bark on that goes pure white, snow white. It peels as it gets older, producing this lovely white bark. I think they look better planted in groups of threes or fives because that's how you see them in the wild. Mm. Uh, Silver birch tends to be in small little clusters, woodland clusters. Because they're quite... Thin, really, are they? They are. They're, uh, yeah. You know, a, a mature. In terms of the, of, of the, of the, the, the stem. The, stem yeah, the, the actual trunk of the tree trunk, will yes, probably only grow to about eight, nine, ten inches in diameter. So it's relatively small. And they look really well, I think, if you put them in in groups of threes, fives, planting them right very close together, mm. two to three feet apart, to create that kind of a small woodland effect. Uh, but in winter, they're absolutely beautiful. They produce that lovely white bark. The autumn foliage is quite nice as well. It tends to be a bright yellow colour. I think they look really well if you clean up the stem, take off the lower branches on the stem up to about five or six feet so that you've got this naked stem, as it were, for about five feet and then and allow then the tree to, to branch from right. there up. And they look really well underplanted with spring flowering bulbs, so snowdrops, crocuses, dwarf daffodils, those sort of bulbs planted beneath the um 
birch or winter heather looks really well planted beneath the, the confluences. It really does because the silver birch casts very, very little shade on the garden. Um, it's a very light canopy of foliage so you can plant other plants in under the basewood so winter flowering heathers will be lovely they'll flower from now through to April of next year they'll contrast really nicely with the white bark of the silver birch so plant them in threes or fives underplant them with winter heathers maybe put some spring bulbs in as well just to to complement the overall look lovely Um, now rhubarb when do we divide rhubarb and split it I want to give some to my daughter it's the timberly early type yeah so that's that's a really early variety timberly early you're normally picking the stems of that in April late March April so this is a good time Um, most of the foliage and stems are going off rhubarb as we speak so you can literally dig the, the plant up take a sharp spade split it in pieces Ideally, take the outside pieces, um, so take the young pieces from the outside edge of the clump, if that makes sense, and and they're, you know, something about maybe 10 to 12 inches in diameter, um, and give your your daughter three or four pieces of that, and that starts off the, the next generation. Now, do advise her not to take any rhubarb the first year allow the plant to grow for at least a year maybe right. two years to establish itself and then start to harvest it after that so don't be tempted in year one, one to, to be to be, to be picking be, it <laughs> to be give it a chance dying to, to get out of it but it's a good time of year for dividing rhubarb and also for planting rhubarb if you haven't got it if you plant timberly early is a particularly good variety great stuff I have a lovely tomato variety really sweet flavour can I store the seed from the fruits and re-sow the seed oh, next yeah, that's spring interesting collect the seed yeah, yeah and the answer which is, is not something we ever we think about terribly often no, it's not actually, <laughs> and that's you know that's the the purpose of a fruit yeah. is is to protect the seed, create a I suppose as as the tomato drops to the soil, it produces the energy and the nutrients for the seeds to to germinate. So, what I would do is collect some of the ripe fruit, um, break them open, mm-hmm. exactly like the white thorn. You can sieve out or take out the yellow seeds inside and store them. So if you if you wash off the um, the flesh off the actual seed yeah. and store them. So in a typical tomato, you'll probably get 20 to 30 seeds contained within the, the tomato. Um, dry them off in a bit of tissue paper, put them into a, a, uh, an envelope and then sow the seeds in January, February indoors uh, next next season. And those tomatoes should come true to type because you can imagine in a tunnel or a greenhouse, the the bees are working between the plant so it's pollinating itself, as it were. Right. So if you've got a variety like Moneymaker or Shirley or any of the kind of standard varieties, they generally come true to type. They haven't been pollinated by another Either. different variety. So you won't get a Moneymaker and maybe a Shirley to pollinate. So, you, so, so you're OK with <clears> the one, in other words? You're OK with the one, but I suppose the point I'm making, I think the listener wants the same variety. Yes. They're, they're happy with the variety they have, so they want to make sure that they're... They're able to uh, keep that variety. Right. That's what they want. They don't. So, in, therefore, they've a nice red, sweet variety. They don't end up with a yellow, uh, tarty variety. Yes. So, you generally the seeds come true to type. I okay. suppose is what I'm saying. Okay. So, look at collect the fruit, uh, take out the seeds, dry the seed, store it in a brown paper bag or an envelope indoors over the winter. Sow the seed in January, February indoors, and uh, you'll have really strong plants by April of next year, and they should come true to type. Exactly the variety that. You're, you're enjoying at the mm. moment should come true to type with the uh, with, next, next with, summer. Okay. Yeah. So it's a good way of collecting seed. Interesting and, project. And and in general, you know, there's lots of plants producing seed at the moment. Many of our herbaceous 
you know, things like lupins and delphiniums and lots of plants are, it's a time of year for collecting seed off plants. Yes. Sunflowers, for example, they'll be producing this their seed at the moment so the kids can collect some of those, put them in a brown paper bag, they'll store for the winter and then sow them indoors in January, February and you've got your sunflowers well you've got something interesting for next year yeah okay. there's a couple of wet people with weddings in the offing now one person is giving, us, advice. giving us loads of uh, notice and the other person uh, has one at Christmas time so I'm going to come to the one for the autumn one okay. first my daughter is getting married in the autumn in two years I live in the heiress area what could I set in the line of shrubs that would have a bit of colour then well that is thinking ahead isn't that fantastic yeah, forward planning Horrick, isn't it? I think. <laughs> it through, yeah. well at this stage the dress must be got, the venue must be booked, everything else if they're, if they're only worried about the flowers so listen, look, what's if it's in, in autumn if it's this time of year, have a look around and what's, what's blooming at the moment so hydrangeas are still fantastic they're giving great colour, um, very reliable and they will hold their colour well into November, so hydrangeas for me particularly in the Eris area would be a great choice they'll fill up space, there's a whole range of different colours, go for, um, there's a range actually called, remember the Annabelle we, you and I were chatting about? Can I just say go they on. are fantastic <laughs> I'll nearly take a photograph of them and put them up well, on there Facebook. You go. Yeah, I would highly recommend they're them. Brilliant. They are, and they if it's this time of year, yeah. um, mine are out, and I only sold them this year. Now, remember, yeah. so they're kind of a bit too big for their boots because they're you know their heads are a bit are, are kind of falling over the bushes, kind of still not big enough. But they are so pretty, really nice. Yeah. I was actually in a nursery uh, this week, and I'll put some of the photographs up on my Facebook and Twitter after the show. But um, I was admiring them, and they're they're absolute the heads you could I could hardly put my hands mm. around the, the flower head of the Annabelle um, and they will continue to flower certainly till mid-November up until the end of November so they're fantastic really really good and a really easy hydrangea variety to grow so that's one called Annabelle and it does come in other forms as well there's one called Pinky Winky okay <laughs> Which is pink, okay. which again is very like the Annabelle, the same shaped kind of a conical type uh, cone shaped flower. Really nice yeah. plant. Would do super in the iris area. Now, there are other plants like Rudbeckia, which is still in, in flower and um, is giving great colour. You've got Anemones, honouring Jobert, um, which is a lovely white form. It comes in a pink form as well. They're perennial plants. Um, Asters. They're just coming into flower. They haven't actually started yet, but they will come into flower now as we go into September, October, November sort of period. Chrysanthemums will give very good autumn colour. Cyclamen. So there's quite a wide variety. My Uh, advice really is probably go into your local garden centre over the next couple of weeks and see the sort of plants that are in in bloom. Um, or even just looking in gardens, uh, you know, the, the, what's actually still in mm. flower. So there's quite a range of plants that do flower during the autumn period. Fantastic. I mixed uh, my hydrangea with a little bit of with some silver grasses. Okay, so lovely. that yeah, yeah, so that and I'm I'm sure they would probably grow in the Eris area. I know would, I'm more inland, but and that's a very good point. There's lots of plants that produce really good foliage yeah. colour. So you're not just kind of for a variety, I suppose. Yeah, you're yeah. not just relying. And speaking of grasses, pampas grass is beautiful this year. Mm. And, this, and again, pampas grass will flower up to Christmas. It does really well in seaside areas. Um, you know, fantastic plant. But you're dead right. There's lots of foliage plants that are just grown for their leaf colour that hold the colour 12 months a year. Things like choicea, uh, heucheras, grasses, as, as you've mentioned, formiums, cordlines. They've got that lovely grassy foliage and they come in pinks and greens and purples. Yeah, and they're and quite lush looking. Exactly. So I suppose like for, for something like that where you could mix and match maybe with hydrangeas or something that's flowering and then you, you, you'd have a nice bit of contrast going on as well. Yeah, and the tea has arrived. And the tea has arrived. <laughs>
Uh, now, so that's a, an autumn wedding. Now, I also, good morning to Mary and Billy in Irish Town. Uh, they have a Christmas wedding huh? coming up. Man, you're really yeah, strict. I know I am, but I promised I'd do this this morning now, so I'm going to honour my promises. Okay. Um, and uh, they have a wedding between uh, Christmas and New Year's. So we've got some beds outside and we're wondering about pots as well and what would be, and again, a bit of colour. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you if you have a special occasion closer, you know, to the winter period, my advice really is coming come into this garden centres a week or two beforehand, right? Because we don't know the sort of weather we're going to have okay. during that period. But the type of plants that will be still flowering will be cyclamen, yep. will be flowering beautifully. Uh, winter pansies, winter violas, winter heathers, which come in a whole range of, of different colours. Um, Heliborus, which is the Christmas yes, rose. rose. Yeah, that's lovely. You could do some, which would be very interesting to do, would be some of the scented hyacinths, that if they're planted at this time of year, um, put outside for five or six weeks, brought in uh, in the middle of November, they'll be fooled into thinking it's springtime at Christmas time. And they'd be fantastic because the scent is beautiful. They'd be lovely in the church or just outside the the front door of the church mm. as people are walking in the scent alone would be fantastic there um, so there'll be a range of plants like that paper whites would, would you could force into flower for Christmas um, so polyanthus and primulas they would be available at Christmas time in flower um, and then there's lots of foliage plants like you mentioned so you'd have euonymus you'd have heucheras you'd have a range of grasses and they'll all be available to mix through the flowering plants to give that overall effect, trailing ivies. So there'll be quite a range of plants. So rather than kind of planting them up in maybe July or August and hoping that they'll still be in flower, I would leave it till get the plants time close to the and time. And see what kind of weather you're dealing with. Exactly. But, there'll be, but rest assured there'll be lots of plants, both flowering and foliage plants and some of the bulbs that you can actually uh, grow on and, and they'll be in flower for Christmas. So it's not a problem. Perfect. Now, um, is it okay to lift miniature trees this time of the year as I have four in a, in a small space, I think it is, and I'd like to replace them with the same again, only smaller. Thanks. Yeah, it depends what, what they are. I, it sounds to me like they're probably the boxwood, um, you know, the little cone-shaped boxwood yes. or boxwood balls. If they are, no problem transplanting them this time of year. And, and indeed, evergreen shrubs, if you want to move an evergreen shrub, this is a really good time now because, you know, it's, it plants are beginning to slow down. The growth has stopped in them. And if you lift them carefully, removing as much of the soil and root base as possible, you, you can transplant them elsewhere. Mm. So if they are the boxwood, no, pro, no issue lifting them now. Just dig them up carefully, transplant them all in the one day. Remember to plant them down at the same level and then put in some young plants to start them off again. Now, what's the best way to cut back a hydrangea? It's a very nice shape at the moment, but it's getting too big. It's still very much in bloom, and that uh, listener is in Kilshamon. So enjoy the flowers, yeah. leave it alone, uh, wait until uh, February of next year. And the way you prune hydrangeas is you remove the, the old flowers, so the old flowers that have withered during the winter period, you follow those right back and just prune them out. So wait, leave the pruning, enjoy the flowers for the next couple of weeks, let the flowers wither, and then in February, cut them back, close to soil re- level. Remember just to remove the shoots that flowered. Anything that without flowers with little green shoots on them, leave those because that's where the co- colour is going to be carried this, the following year. Lovely. Uh, now, I know we mentioned this last week, but we'll just, I, it's obviously quite prevalent at the minute. The greenish algae that's on gravel at the Nostoc, moment. Nostoc. Yeah. It's yes. called Nostoc. It's a yeah. jelly-like it's substance. It's a jelly, yeah. yeah. So it, so it yeah. burst it and it was kind of oily and slippery. That's exactly yeah. the plan. So the treatment is? Well, to get rid of it, you use a treatment called PAC, which is a liquid moss control treatment. You can use it on paths and driveways for all moss and algae, but it's very effective on the nostoc. So nostoc is that jelly-like, very slippery, can be quite dangerous. It disappears during the summer because it literally just dries up. And as soon as it gets a bit of moisture, it swells up again. So it's particularly 
prevalent over the autumn, winter, spring sort of period. Mm. But now is the time to treat it. So get yourself a little bit of pack, mix it in water, spray it on. Day like today, it's perfect to do that. And uh, it'll kill the it'll kill it very quickly. I have six huge apples on my tree this year, but when they were cut, the flesh was speckled brown and a rather big hollow core. So what's the story? What treatment so should I give? Okay, so that's a pest called codly moth. Okay. It's the moth, it's the, the codly moth, it's the larvae of, of the codly moth, which, um, so the adult lays the eggs on the stems of the uh, apples. And as soon as the fruit starts to develop, the little maggot bores into the apple and stays within the apple, eating the flesh as the apple is maturing. Mm. And then you'll generally see an exit hole where the, the larvae has yes. pupated and, and uh, flown, flown off. So damaged fruit, if they're damaged, they're damaged. There's yeah. nothing you can do for this year. There are codly moth traps that you can put on the plants in early spring that catch the adults right. and stop them from getting up to the tree in the first instance. Um, or you can put on a treatment in just as the, the flowers are fading and as the fruit is beginning to form, you can use a treatment like Bug Clear at that time of year and that helps to protect against the apples them. against them. Codly and moth. Would, if there's a, I suppose if there's a prevalence of codly moth um, one year, is are you yes, fairly guaranteed that they, you you're prone to them, or there's you a are. there's a family there's living a likelihood, nearby? A li- yeah. High likelihood you're going to have them again next year. Okay. So I would I would treat them because it's a shame the apples it are fully great. formed. And you're, you're dying to get at them. <laughs> I know. Well, and you cut them open, and then they're boast or yeah. they're, there's this yeah. hollowing in oh, the centre. Very disappointing. So that's codly moth. But look at it's it's easily treated. Okay. Uh, now similar, I suppose, situation to a certain degree. Carrots that grew very well, or at least on uh, from the surface up, looks great. And then when we go in, it, there's very little carrots at the root. Veronica has this problem. Yeah, and this, it's most unusual. Um, like if it was something like carrot root fly, you'd expect the foliage to die as mm. well. They, they tend to, once the, the maggot attacks, the foliage and the, the, the stems are affected. The only thing, other thing that can affect um, the development of the roots of carrots is the use of organic matter. If you're using... Um, farmer manure, horse manure, any kind of fresh manure will uh, distort carrots, get them to become stunted, Mm. the root stops to grow. Effectively what happens is the the tip of the root becomes scorched and stops developing. Now if carrots are sown on gravelly soil or stony type soil, again, you can have the same problem. They won't develop properly. Carrots need a very loose um, loamy type soil where maybe some uh, compost has been added to it to give it a nice kind of open structure to make it easy for the carrot root to develop. Um, now, if maybe if the listener could take a picture of it and send it to me on Facebook yeah, or, or send it by or Twitter. S- yeah, or email, you can email or it. Or email it in here to the show. Um, what is it? Garden at, Garden at midwestradio.ie There you go. Garden at midwestradio.ie Send us in a picture. Just lift a couple of the plants, send us in a picture and we'll have a look at it during the weekend and, and, and we'll just have a more yeah, precise uh, diagnosis yes. for next week. But take it that if, if fresh manure has been used or if it's very gravelly type soil, you typically get that distorti- distortion of the roots. Okay, a couple of questions on trees now, Porik. Um So, uh, looking for a small tree for my dad's garden to mark his 65th birthday. Lovely oh, idea. Um, and his upcoming retirement. Well, happy retirement, Dad. A tree with some colour flowers or fruits. Well, would you have any okay, suggestions? Okay, well, if you want a small tree, mm. I, I mentioned when actually the start of the programme, the weeping cotoneaster would be very nice it's a small, very decorative tree. It's evergreen, white flowers in the spring, red berries for the autumn. Another lovely tree is called Acer Red Flamingo. And as the name suggests, it's got those flamingo-type colours, the pinks, 
the reds, the greens and whites. Um, that's a really nice tree. It's relatively small. It'll only grow to, you know, eight to ten feet in height. It's one that you can prune and keep smaller if you wish. But it's got lovely foliage colour. It's still in leaf at the moment. And um, it comes back into leaf then in April and carries its colour right through to the autumn. Okay. So that's one called Acer Red Flamingo. Really nice uh, compact tree, ideal in a small location. That or, or the weeping cotone asked would be nice. nice. Maybe a small malice. Malice Gorgeous is a, a lovely small crab apple. Um, with colourful flowers and colourful fruits. Yes, yeah, so you've got okay. Uh, there's quite a quite, quite a number, a and a good time of year to plant trees in general. Liquid amber doesn't make it very big tree; it'd be kind of medium sized tree as well that could be used. Okay, and speaking of liquid amber, I planted a liquid amber tree in my garden in April. It grew really well this summer, and it's colouring brilliantly at the moment. Great, yeah. Do I need to prune it this winter? Well, I would advise um, liquid amber, generally you want to end up with a lollipop type shape. So it's got a clean stem and a round head. So if there are any branches from five feet down, uh, remove those, take those off. Leave it until the tree goes out of leaf, which will be another five or six weeks yet. So create this kind of nice clean stem. And I would prune back the top branches as well, because you want to end up with a, a fat, fuller, rounded type head. So any of the growth that is made this year, take off maybe six or eight inches of all the branches that are left on top and that'll encourage uh, rebranching in the springtime and a fuller fatter, uh, more more decorative plant I think. Okay. Uh, now I know we talked about the poorly developed carrots there a few moments ago. Somebody else has got a difficulty with carrots they're harvesting at the moment. They're all twisted. Uh, not, not, there is not there isn't one nice smooth carrot in it. Okay. What is causing that? Well again, like I, like I mentioned, the, mm. the fresh manure can cause that. Also if you transplant carrots, if you take them if they've been sown from seed, say in a seed tray, and you transplant them you move them during transplant, you know, if you're transplanting them, they get that twisted, contorted, um, undeveloped root as well. Right. Again, take a photograph, just send it in to me, garden at midwestradio.ie, and we'll have a look at it. Uh, but so, fresh manure can cause it. Uh, Would lack of thinning cause that? Well, unless they're, they're very heavy, if they're very, yeah. yes, if they're very close together. If they're very close together, you'll get that. If there isn't room for the carrot to develop, mm. you'll get that... Um, you know, where they're and kind of fighting it yeah, with each other abso- to get a bit of space. Anything that, that disturbs the root, anything that kind of, you know, either transplanting them and replanting, or if they haven't been thinned properly, or the use of fresh manure, um, that will cause that, that contortion of the of the roots. Because it's been a good year for carrots overall. They, you know, the, with the level of moisture we had during the summer, most most have done very, very, very well. well. Okay. Um, and I think final question, Pork. Uh I'm planting small laurel trees along inside my wall and I believe they should be parted about three, uh, planted about three feet apart. Uh, do I need to leave much of a gap, I think, between the wall and the plants as well? That's well, if they're the common laurel, mm. the ordinary green laurel, rotundifolia, remember that it makes a, a broad and fairly strong, up, you know, high hedge. So keep them back from the fence okay. at least three feet because they'll grow back out to that comfortably. Um, at three foot spacing, it's going to take a couple of years for them to fill in. Just remember that. If you want them to fill in quicker, put them a little bit closer together, put them maybe two feet apart um, would be kind of a standard okay. spacing for laurel. You can space them three feet, but it is just going to take them another year, possibly two years to fill in properly. The other thing I'd advise is to trim them back, take off 
a couple of inches of the top growth when you're planting them. Lovely. We're going to leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. You're, you're off to Gelsmaa and we will hear more about that next week. You will indeed. Okay. Absolutely. Great Looking forward to it. Thank you very much indeed. That's uh, my lot for this morning. As uh, per usual, stand by Michael Neary coming your way directly after the news at 10 in advance of tomorrow. To everybody, the very best of luck indeed. For the moment, good morning to you.